We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, coming to you live Sunday, March 5th. They're a beautiful day in Oklahoma City, and maybe even a more beautiful basketball victory in Oklahoma City. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got my guy Justin Peabody with me. Hello, everybody. Also got Taylor Peterson along for the ride tonight. Just uh, reminiscing about what J-Dub can eventually become. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. And gentlemen, for the second time in three days, the Oklahoma City Thunder have defeated the Utah Jazz, this time 129 to 119, and it wasn't that close. Ten A 10-point difference at the end of the game that like does not tell the story of this game. <laughs> this game dominant. Just an ass beating from the word go. I Correct. Wired to wire two said, games in a row, which is kind of impressive. Just realized I said uh reminiscing on what J Dub can be. Uh I was <laughs> trying <laughs> yeah. to stop. I was going going to go with reminiscing on J Dub's game or tr- daydreaming about what he mm. could be. Kind of messed that up there. I'm thinking um, about the past when I think about the future. Yeah, and you know it's just a thunder. Taylor's bar. Taylor's living in the year 3000. <laughs> Taylor's living in the year that the Thunder win the championship, and he's reminiscing. Oh, about so 2024. Day. There we go. Hey. We're going to break play. down this OKC Utah game with you guys. We've got quite a bit of other things to jump into. Talk about some play in basketball, possibly. <laughs> we got some around the association. You guys are already going crazy in the chat. Keep those comments coming. If you don't already make sure you sub to the youtube channel dude dude it's a blast over here it's so much fun like even on post game podcasts when we're typically on here solo 
you're not really solo because you have all the degenerates in the in the chat <laughs> just just saying crazy stuff it's my way favorite better thing than is jacob yeah. dubbing them that um yes no pun intended uh it, it's it's pretty awesome <laughs> it's way better than when we used to not live stream and you're just talking to like garage band on your computer yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. uh gentlemen what a fun game so much stuff to talk about once again the thunder defeat the utah jazz 129-119 if hopefully you listen to the podcast that justin did friday night after the thunder beat the utah jazz i forget how much of a 130 to 103. There you go. Nearly 30 points. Mm-hmm. A lot of garbage time. Mm-hmm. I thought we were headed towards garbage time tonight. Mm-hmm. And then Shay goes to check back in with like seven minutes left in the game. And I was like, That's what I said too. I thought they were talking about a minutes restriction <laughs> earlier today. Yeah. Uh huh. But uh, incredible, incredible stuff. So typically, Jazz were, Jazz were pulling some tank levers tonight. <laughs> no marking in. Yeah. No Clarkson two nights ago. Speaking of Friday, yeah, mm-hmm. is um, Colin Sexton injured? I haven't been paying attention because he didn't play both nights. I I think he's just out. Yeah, they played Pinocchio like forty minutes the past two games. <laughs> Pinocchio. <laughs> I was at the game on Friday night, and I leaned over to my mom, and I was like, I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name, but it reminds me of Pinocchio. And then, literally, like five minutes later, he he hit a shot. And someone behind me in the arena goes, I'm a real boy. (laughs) (laughs) I lost it. It was good. It was good. (laughs) Shout out to Fontio. Fontaccio. Fontaccio. We should not be trusting Taylor. Fettuccino. Jesus. Tap dancing Christ, Taylor. (laughs) All right. As a normal post-game podcast, we typically talk about our big takeaways. So, what are some of the big takeaways from tonight, gentlemen? I missed Shay playing basketball. Oh my god! Agreed. Uh, that boy good. Also, like I, I was way too excited for a regular season game, hearing that my favorite player was coming back. Uh, like yesterday when we got the news that Shay wasn't on the injury report, was irrationally excited to see him play again tonight, and um, it's just really, really fun to kind of have that feeling again as a fan. Yep. Right, like we yep. oftentimes try and like step away as much as we can from being fans when we're breaking things down for the podcast. But as a whole, the whole reason we started this podcast is because we're fans of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and obviously, <laughs> you know that comes along with being a fan of Shea and the way that he's played, just like you were getting into Justin, and this entire season and seeing him come back, you know, after the All Star break, uh, after not getting to see him for what four straight games really really fun exciting stuff and i think the crazy part of it all is jake don't said he didn't even really seem like in shape yeah <laughs> didn't really have his legs under him so, and i think yeah, i think, think post game dignot said posted to 43 point or 48 points yeah post game dignot said something along the lines of like yeah i thought he was fine <laughs> the conditioning's not there <laughs> yet but better. i'll get there and i was like yeah he was fine you know 38 points on 10 of 17 from the field, 17 of 19 from the free throw line, seven rebounds, four assists, three steals and a block. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It wasn't coast. It was Cruz. He said uh, his conditioning was a little down. I thought he was moving really well, got fouled a lot. I didn't think he played his best game, but he certainly cruised to 38. Wow. I would Just like to cruise, cruise to 38 points. 
Agreed. If you totaled up every pickup run point I've scored in the last five years, I don't know if it gets you to 38. <laughs> you know, I mean. You're probably so, not living at the stripe either. That's true. Speaking of Shea, you guys mentioned it. He comes back from COVID and an abdominal strain. Coach talked about the abdominal strain pregame. Said if this was back in October, November, they'd just sit him. Yep. But he, I think he specifically said in the predicament that we are in and the stage of the season we are in, that's not really an option. Yeah. So they're going to monitor his minutes. Not necessarily like his minutes per game, but the amount of minutes he plays in a single stretch in the game. Probably yep. not playing the whole first quarter. Yep. They're going to look at some back-to-backs, maybe get him some rest. Guys, to me, that means we're not tanking. We're trying to win basketball games. Correct. And Grant, again, like, I mean, shout out to the reporters who bring us these quotes, right? But you can only tweet out so much, especially when it's a long quote like it was. Uh, I thought they did a really good job. Uh, People like Clemente, uh, Ryan Stiles, trying to think who else was there. Joe uh, Joe Masada was not there tonight. Uh, They did transcribe the entirety of the quote shortly after. But obviously at the time of a presser like that, like availability, you're just tweeting out tidbits and because of that again it kind of got taken out of context by the national sites monitoring player availability like uh, what was it underdog fantasy or whatever it is <laughs> you know tweet, tweet out uh shay's mints are going to be a shay abdominal strain uh tanking in parentheses you know it, his mints are going to be monitored moving forward i agree if you read the full quote yeah jacob if you listen to the full quote that is not what dana was getting at at all it's the in opposite fact, yeah, right, and, and that's what we saw tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I was not expecting, like you said, I was not expecting him to be playing down the stretch, especially given, uh, like you guys said, just how much of a butt whooping this one really was. Yeah, thirty-seven minutes for Shea tonight. Yeah, I think that's that's super telling as far as where the organizational mindset is. I I said this on my pod Friday night of like, I don't know that a decision's been made yet, but it probably will get made. That quote kind of sounds like a decision's been made. Like I would agree, Justin. You're you're not playing Chet or wow, Chet. Sorry, I was reading oh, the comments. Sorry. There's like he's four coming straight, back, folks. Four straight comments talking about Chet, and I got distracted. Hey, he is you're playing five on zero. Shay, right now, if you're content with just pushing lottery odds, like this, mm-hmm. this team is making a push, and I think that's. Honestly, like kind of surprising to me slightly. Uh, that's a definite shift. Whereas I think in the past we used these opportunities. Uh, the Thunder took took any any opportunity that came their way to pull a lever and gun for better odds. And I think this would have been a very easy out to do so. And they're choosing to do the opposite. I don't want to completely take us off the shade because I think there's a lot to talk about there, especially how well he played defensively. And Jacob, you can probably speak to that more than anyone, but just kind of on that that line, one, one of these smaller takeaways, I guess I can just kind of throw into this one that you guys are talking with, with y'all talking about not tanking, right? Kind of pivoting the other direction, playing guys like Shea, uh, playing guys like Sarge, giving those people time or those players time over players like we didn't see Trey Mann tonight and we didn't see JRE for the second straight game. Yep, That does not mean to be very clear. There are some, uh, I think, listeners and people who, who listen to this podcast maybe have selective hearing or selective listening. That does not mean this team is giving up on them necessarily, but those are two players who have kind of fallen behind in the pecking order. Uh, that's something that we've kind of heard Presley talk about and allude to preseason, even at an exit interview last season. 
like some guys are going to fall behind in terms of development. Uh, you have to play the players, you know, that essentially that you need to play. And that's kind of what we've seen the last two nights. Uh, found it really interesting. You know, obviously we can get some of the guys that played in those two players instead. Uh, but yeah. I think that just kind of goes to what you're, you two are talking about in regards to tanking versus playing this thing out and seeing, seeing where it leads us. I think someone would say the opposite side of that coin, Taylor's Olivier Saar got minutes. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't want to mention his name because I knew we could. I have a him. I have a quote here. Let me find it real quick from Clemente. Uh Clemente has been doing an awesome job covering the the team this year. So shout out to Clemente. Also played pickup with Clemente yesterday and, and an unconditioned air conditioned metal building. Ooh. Um it was <laughs> hotter than Satan's butthole in there. And Clemente <laughs> is running wind sprints in a four-on-four full court. So <laughs> shout out to Clemente. That dude Amazing. built different. Uh, J- <laughs> Clemente, Jalen on Usman Jang. He's been playing well. I'm happy for him. He's still got stuff to figure out, and I think he's figuring it out pretty fast. I just think it's hilarious that the 12th overall pick is talking about the 11th yeah, overall right. pick like that's that. What that, I was that just is thinking. so funny. I think that's hilarious. Um, but... Daniel had a good quote about him too. I guess we can go ahead and transition to Jang a little. Well, well, bit. I I still have some more shade stuff. Give me just a second. I did. Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> like Justin, I think you hit it on the head. It seems like a decision yep. is kind of being made. Shay came out like there's times where Shay is really fired up, but most of the time Shay's a pretty cool operator. Yep, he's like almost the antithesis of Russell Westbrook. Yes, in his time with Oklahoma City, and really every way possible. But tonight, like Shay, I forget what bucket it was in the first quarter. Oh, it was the the transition pull up three, and I think one of Shay's buddies was sitting courtside tonight because he kept yeah, looking he over at this over guy. At him. He was talking shit. He was chirping at everybody. He was coming back to the bench like John and like kind of the kind of reminiscent of the I'm him moment in L.A. Yes. Um, and then in the third quarter, Taylor was mentioning his defense. I mean, I, it is Girl Scout cookie season. That man was getting cookies. I mean, he was ripping people left and right. Um, that point of attack defense was absurd. I mean, just like, so engaged. Really, really impressive. Um, whoever is here on the live stream, and if you're listening to the podcast, if you are religious at all, I would just go to bed and say a prayer for Chris Dunn tonight. That man had a, spent a weekend in Oklahoma City and just got and barbecued. I mean, By absolutely dub. barbecued. And then Dub and Shay. Dub guy. crossed that Poor man guy. into the shadow realm Friday night and yes, hit a little layup over him. And then Shay just abused him like a stepchild tonight. It was horrible. That was it the second quarter that move where Shay got him on the up and under. And oh my gosh, that was I dirty. Mean, it's just, it's filthy. Dirty. Like you might as well slap an X radio on, on that thing and put it on a certain <laughs> website. I mean, Lord have mercy on my soul. That was gross. Silva was here. There was a uh, there's a sounder to be played. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. I'm about to buff. There we go. We don't need Silva. But they I can that's do right. sounders all that's by myself. Improv so yeah. much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Time really all I got on shade though. If we want to transition. Yeah, I would no, I'm with you. I, we just had to talk about the defense and the way he was so engaged defensively. Not only that, it got to a point like you mentioned there uh, in the third quarter, Jacob, where he was so engage that he was literally just he knew whoever was holding it with was the ball handler for the jazz at any given point 
he could just go for the ball. He wasn't going to get called for the foul. I mean, he was just laser. Yeah, laser focused. Laser focused. It was. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we've seen Shea progressively get better at that yeah. throughout the the years, throughout this season, even. But I mean, I think kind of peaked tonight. It was awesome. Um, Aldo, next takeaway, which I feel like this is a takeaway in every post game. It's really hard to overstate just how damn impressive Jalen Williams is as a freaking rookie. Tonight, he sets his career high 32 points. On 12 of 15 field goals, four of five from three, five rebounds, five assists, two steals, and two blocks. Just doing it all. Doing oh it my all. God, that, that dunk he, or sorry, not dunk, the um, that attempted dunk that he blocked there. Speaking of blocks and steals, what was it? Was it the, the first quarter? Second quarter, he blew up the lob. And then that the was... next possession, someone went inside and tried to throw a little entry pass, and he he was in the opposite corner and read it and just jumped in front of it and took off. Mark talks a lot about J dubs instincts and how he reads the game and how he sees things before they happen. You are now seeing the game really slow down for dub. Yes. He's really processing it at a quicker pace. Now the game has slowed for him. And I thought there were some moments tonight where he was just out there letting it hang. I mean, he was (laughs) confident. Yes. It, he Some knew of those drives. Whenever Shea was off the court, he knew he was the best player of all 10 guys on the court. He's just like, I'm just going to... He had a drive in the third quarter where he like crossed over and went to the right and never like picked the ball up, just went off the dribble and did like this crazy scoop, Weaved almost hook type thing. And then kissed it off the glass. I mean, yeah. I, I have no clue how it went in. His, his extension on some of his layups with that 7-3 wingspan, I mean... Some people like I've heard some national people say like this guy's got, you know, all the the ingredients to be a really, really, really high level role player like a Mikhail Bridges or a uh, who like. I don't know, dude, if you look at what he's doing at the age he's doing it at and the trajectory with the limited experience kind of it goes to age, but this has all star written all over it. 100%. 100%. Also, four or five from three. And so yeah. not only is he able to take over, like you mentioned, Jacob, when when Giddy and Shea are off the court, which to me, is, I think, worth mentioning, Dagnall's starting to do intentionally. I think that's very important to mention, and that's been fantastic. Um, he Four or five from three is huge. Being able to, to hit catch-and-shoot jumpers. I mean, I talk a lot about that's that with some of these guys, yeah, yep. especially with Giddy and, and Shea uh, playing alongside them. So not only can he play alongside them and coexist, he's also able to do his own thing. I mean, it's just, he continues to blow me, uh, blow me away as well. Yeah, I think, I think I said the phrase, he does it all like three times in a minute, talking about J-Dub on, on Friday night, because every stat line, it, he's got something going on in every measurable category that you could have. It's so impressive. What and is think, it like five of six of his last games now or, or, or five of his 30, last six games now? He has 20 plus points. Yeah, four or five. Plus. Four or five. Four or five. For this season now, awesome. J-Dub is up to 13.3 points, 52% shooting, 35% from the three-point line on three attempts a game, uh, four rebounds, three assists, and one and a half steals. 
35 percent from three is pretty good that's better <laughs> than i considering think I where he started there, yeah. yeah i think that's better than i would have guessed you look over i mean again i, I know this is just off the top of my head. I haven't pulled this recently. What he's shooting from three post all-star break is absolutely absurd. Um, mm-hmm. Also, uh, Stat Muse tweeted this out. First Thunder rookie with 35 and five since Westbrook, which is kind of just an absurd stat. Obviously, Shea wasn't a rookie here in OKC, but still a pretty incredible context. And then also, this was tweeted out from Thunder PR. Um, after his career-high 32 points tonight, Dub now leads all Western Conference rookies in scoring at that 13.3 mark that Jacob just mentioned. So some pretty, not even elite company. I mean, he's just leading these categories in every sense. Yeah. Uh, Benedict Matherin. Yeah. I think he's, he's pretty firmly supplanted himself above Matherin in the rookie of the rookie of the year race right there behind Paolo. Yeah. I don't think he'll get rookie of the year, but he's first team all rookie. Agreed. Easy. Like easy. Uh, Justin, another takeaway. Another takeaway um, is that um, <laughs> I was not prepared for you to come back to me. Let's go with uh, Josh Giddy. I think, continuing his strong stretch of play. I think uh, another really well-rounded game. That was the word I kept coming back to in the last Jazz game was like well-rounded. Um, it's nice to see him bounce back and forth like, having the opportunities without Shea and then, you know, obviously coming into the season, the huge question mark was playing alongside Shea. Um, I, I think continuing to see him execute is, is so important. I think that maybe the, the debate between like, Oh, Giddy versus J dub. Like, I don't know why we feel compelled to have that debate. Is it a debate? Por que no los dos. But <laughs> I think that, uh, just continuing to see him develop is so important. I think it gets overlooked like how young he is. Yes. He's in his second year, but he's younger than J dub. I'm, I have to bring that up again because it's Mm -hmm. weird. Every time I say it out loud. Um, I I think there's so many things to be encouraged about with J dub that I think that it it maybe gets overlooked a little bit with the excitement of, or sorry, excited about with giddy. It gets overlooked because of the excitement with J dub. Yeah, Giddy was awesome tonight. 24, 9, and 9. My takeaway is he doesn't want Justin to get any Tim Tams. <laughs> Dude, so, uh, I want so Tim true. Tams so bad. He's, uh, gonna, he's, he's flirting with it. I'm going to have to buy him for myself if I don't get any out of this bet. <laughs> 10 of 16 from the field for Josh. 4 of 6 from 3 is the, That's big, the one. big one. And he had a play tonight. Uh, wasn't a 3. He had the ball out on the left wing. Gave like a head fake, a jab step, another head fake. And I want to say it was Jordan Clarkson on him. And Justin, you mentioned this on your Friday show. I talk about it all the time. Josh Giddy took one dribble, turned around, and just bumped Jordan Clarkson like three feet off the ball, yes. escorted him down to the rim, and hit a shot over him. And it was like a proud dad moment. Yes. I was like, dude, yes. Like, you have 40 pounds on him. Just yes. escort his little skinny ass to the rim and get yourself a bucket. That's and that's what exactly he what he did, and I love it. Yep. Uh, the four of six from three, incredibly impressive, though. You love to see that. Uh, the three has ebbed and flowed for him this season. But that's, I mean, that's the swing skill, yep. right? That is the swing skill. If he can hit those, and then you have Shea and Dub attacking the basket and then kicking out, and then Josh, like, catching and attacking again, and then another kick out, and you get that defense moving. 
it's over. There is no guarding any of that, especially with Josh's size to your guys' point. And I think that's why I love so much about Josh's game tonight and over the, uh, I guess now the past two games, past really past three games that he's had, just how he's relentlessly attacked the basket. It's kind of funny. Like you look, you look at the, the post ultra break game, stretch of games. And it's kind of like an encapsulation of how he's played as a whole uh, this entire season. There was that stretch early in the season where he struggled. Mm -hmm. Then we saw him kind of really make it a, a, a conscious effort to be more aggressive and drive to the rim and utilize that size. It wasn't necessarily perfect, but that led to him breaking out of that slump and then playing really well uh, leading up to the all-star break. And then we've kind of seen something on a much smaller sample size here, post all-star break, right? Uh, that, that first, however many games, four games or so out of the all-star break. Now these last couple, uh, we're seeing him be, be much more aggressive and assertive uh, again, and not really overthinking. I think he likes to overthink a lot because he does think you see the game, view the game at such a high level. He overthinks sometimes tries to do a yeah. little too much tonight. It was just the easy stuff. Like you mentioned, Jacob, utilizing the size dribbling, uh, going attacking the rim, utilizing that, that size and strength and then kicking out and creating for others. He didn't really overthink it. I think that's yeah. huge. I, it wouldn't be an uncontested pod if we didn't say, but what if Chet were here? Uh-huh. And I think Giddy, like thinking about the the young guys on this team that that we feel like are probably a big part of this future. Is there anyone whose game benefits more from having Chet than Josh Giddy? I was thinking about that. Speaking of Olivier Sar, Sar comes in. <laughs> Dove had an incredible. I know, quite <laughs> a transition from Chet to <laughs> Olivier Sar. But just having a a present rim uh, a lob threat. Yeah, vertical yeah. spacing. Yeah, uh, obviously, Chet's going to be able to do so much more. He's going to be able to uh, mm-hmm. to space the floor from the three point line, which is what you're going to add as well, Justin. Yes, uh, he also can play make a little bit and obviously score. But having Olivier Star in there, just a competent big man who can finish lobs, like just a big, dub big benefit, man. giddy benefit. Yeah, yeah. They don't so have I, any I big right. big men. They're all small. Yeah. <laughs> Not to They're get us off big... topic, because there's a, there are a few more things I want to talk about from this game. But you guys watched. Chet's YouTube video? Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Really good. He's such a Sam Presti guy. You can Dude. see exactly. I mean, yeah. but he I said, also love he said he everything considered, I would I would do the exact same thing. Yes. I would still play. People keep saying, why was he playing defense in a pro am? Mm-hmm. I would still do the same thing. And the quote of the entire thing, he said, I'm gonna get it wrong. I tweeted it last night, but it was something like, if you bullshit the game. You might as well not be out there to begin with. And I was yep, like, yep. man, <gasps> Presty doesn't get this need... man in the all-star game immediately. Yeah. Pre- Presty doesn't need the blue chew pill. He's got Chet Holmgren. <laughs> like it was just the, it. the epitome of like too, Thunder right? culture. Like, like he's got an absolute edge. Like that's not and then that Shea also when it, he was like after summer league, yeah. um, I had a ho- <laughs> I had like my apartment booked in Miami for a week, but I decided I just wanted to go home to Minnesota and work out. And you know, Presti is just like salivating. What a freak! Ugh, can't wait, <laughs> can't wait. And like I mentioned, he's out. He's running some some five yep. zero uh, offense uh, yep. in practice. Looks and just pretty unstoppable slowly, against yeah. nobodies. That's right. But like, yeah, I, I, that's the thing I keep coming back to with Josh, like his passing ability and ability to find lanes. Like he's gonna have so much fun with Chet. And I think we're we going to see summer league. Yeah, right. We saw it in summer league. Exactly. Like, but so I, is dub. So man, is Shay. I feel like everyone's going to have a blast. 
but I feel like Giddy, we're going to see it whenever that chemistry hits. Again, got a preview in Summer League, but like whenever that happens in the regular season next season, I feel like you're going to hear people talking about like, wow, Josh Giddy's really taking a leap, but like I think it's going to be a lot due to personnel that he's playing with. Definitely. Totally fair. And I mean, we're just talking about the offense side of the ball. Right? This right. team like thrives off steals. How much more aggressive can you play when you've got Chet protecting the you rim have a on your backside? Protector. Yeah. Yep. I mean, think of those Utah Rudy Gobert defenses, but better because it's not Rudy Gobert. As much and as think I about Rudy having Gobert. Chet and Wimby both back there together. I mean, nobody's going to score. Oh my God. Wimby off, off the LA Clippers uh, lotto jump because yeah, the Thunder right. beat him in the play in. All right, we got to wrap up this game, but I have a few more things I want to mention just real quick. Uh, Lou Dort, one of nine from the field, zero of six from three. The pendulum swings, Justin. You talked about it Friday. Bounce back game. This is a bounce back the other way. I don't know any. I was going to try to. (laughs) Whatever the opposite of a bounce is. Yeah, uh, fall flat on your face. I was happy Lou only took nine shots. I didn't have to watch him chuck up very poor decision uh, shots. I thought there were some poor decisions tonight, but uh, I digress. Uh, we mentioned Usman earlier, 20 minutes, uh, 12 points, four rebounds, two steals. Thought he looked a little more physical tonight. Yep, um, I like some of the drives. The last nice one I want to touch on, uh, and this one will just be real fast as well. Dario Saric, 14 minutes, three of five from the field, eight points, three rebounds. Um, I've tweeted about it a few times over the weekend. The whenever they made that trade, my percentage on he'll be gone this summer was at like 96-97%. The more time goes on, that percentage continues to drop. Yep. If you told me right now they sign Sharich to a three-year deal this summer, like I would not be shocked at all. He fits what they want to do to an absolute T. I think I touched a bit, uh, on this on my post game uh, earlier in the week, but like one thing that I love seeing from Sarge that we just didn't really get to see from him playing with the Suns, he he is doing. A, uh, I think the best way to put it is like when we talk about Baisley, we talked about how going to the Suns could benefit him because he needed a more defined role for his development. On the flip side, I think Sarge is benefiting from less structure if that makes sense offensively, yeah. because we're seeing him just strip the ball off the rim on a, a defensive rebound and just push it and transition rather than immediately throwing it out to a Chris Paul or, or Devin Booker, utilizing some of that uh, that ball handling and, and just the versatility that he possesses. And then on yeah, obviously the offensive end, just kind of being a much better connector than I think he was going to be, Jacob. Like, I'm curious your thoughts. He there. passes really well. Especially he had a to pass like to like bigs. a backdoor cutting shade today. Right. Yeah. That was beautiful. I know the wound is still fresh for Thunder fans. I know they love him. I love him. I hope he wins a title. Is Dario Sarge like a better Mike Muscala fit? Whoa. Did we get a fair shot at Mike Muscala with like some of these best lineups? Like that's what Correct. I will always wonder about. Um, that's fair. I just, he also Dario shoot shoots kind of like, I mean, Muscala shoots the ball really well. But you take a, a small dip in the well. shooting, Sharp shoots it well, but you add some inside game, better defense, better passing, yep. can bring the ball up the court. Yep. 
isn't that exactly what they're building this offense around? It's almost like a better fitting. I mean, I guess that's essentially what you ask. <laughs> yeah, it, it may be a better fitting Muscala, especially long term. Yeah. Um, I, I still just like fingers crossed, knock on wood. I wonder about Sarge's health because he has battled injuries. Uh, that's I think that's, but, but this version of him is really perfect for, I mean, you can even envision him playing alongside Chet in certain mm-hmm. lineups next season. Yeah. I mean, if they sign him for like three years, like 26 million this summer, yep. something like Pocket that, change. give him like eight, nine, nine mil a year. I mean, that'd be awesome. Basically now, he gets like the mid level. I know yeah. we aren't going through comments yet. Uh, this is just something I had. I didn't really think of when we were going through this. And so Robert uh, did bring up really a point in the chat. Dario is fun, but with Chet, Poku, J-Will, it's going to be hard to get him minutes. Obviously, like, Probably you're going to be minutes over for J-Will. minutes. Yeah, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. But the Poku, the Poku one was the one that I, I think is a good point. Again, I hope maybe he gets it over Poku. I, me too. He looked, he looked a little better in some of the clips we've seen from practice. Yeah. Um, I've heard some negative things about that injury. Uh, just, I, I don't usually have sources. In this case, I, I have been told some things, and it's, I'll put it this way, it's not surprising to the team that he's been out this long. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I think he'll come back. I'm hoping he'll come back. Me too. Um, Any other th- stuff from this game? I just love that you touched on news. Thought he had a really solid uh, contribution. I think he'll continue to, to get a little more confident. Yep. Can, yep. I agree. Um, yeah, uh, you see him on TV. Uh, I was in person the past two games. You see him up close in person. How big does the, he the, look? the length is overwhelming. <clears throat> like it really is. The arms are so damn long. Justin. <laughs> <clears throat> the length We're is sounder. overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're so we need to we need a sounder. Where was the one uh what did Jacob say last Sunday where he's like, I'm gonna get clipped on this one, but oh we're talking about graded dick. Yeah, I think I said yeah. I want me some dick or something like that. And now we have length, uh, but I am curious how how Oose looked in person, and that totally, totally makes moves so fluidly. Whenever he realizes that he's big as shit, yes, um, it's going to be exactly. a problem. Oh, I can't wait. He's got some really nice finesse to his game. The shot looked really good tonight. He needs a little bit of dog in him. He's maybe 19, some, maybe man. Chet, maybe Chet will rub off on him a yes. little bit. <laughs> Yes. But uh, okay, okay. So enough about the Utah game. Uh, it after a five game losing streak, it's fun to just beat the absolute hell out of a team two times in a row. Yes, makes you kind of feel good about yourself. So, Thunder fans are kind of split, guys. Half of the fan base says, "Screw it, bottom out, get to that five or six spot in the tank standings, get a better chance at Wemby." The other half says. Push for the play-in. Like, win games. That's what you're here to do. Um, I think Justin is more on Team Tank. Correct. I'm on Team... Dude, I'm just along for the ride. It's fun either way. That's a cop-out. I'm having a blast. It is a cop-out, but I don't want to have to choose a side and then have a 50% chance of being mad. (laughs) If they make the play-in, I'm stoked. I'm not mad, to be clear. I'm, I'm probably on the same team as you. But as far as what what I uh, would rather them do, it's I'd rather them bottom out. I mean, and that's fair. Like, I don't think that's a wrong opinion to have. It's just I, not I right, don't think Justin. that's what they're gonna do. 
Well, yeah, not after not after the quote tonight. It sure doesn't yeah, feel that they're way. They're just going to play it out, and where the chips fall is where the chips fall. Yep. So, Agreed. let's put ourselves in the mindset that they are pushing for a play-in or a play-in spot or a playoff spot. Okay? They are, they are making that push. What are five things? That, how many games do they have left? 19? 18. Eight, 18? Five things that need to happen the rest of the way if the Thunder want to be in the play-in. If the Thunder are in the play-in, these five things have to happen. Um, sometimes when we get on the podcast, I think because my background is teaching, I I bring a teacher mindset to the podcast. Which yeah, I, I think feel works like that's really well. I feel like that's what I'm doing here. Five things, um, but let's not give like, Bullshit answers like, well, they need to win games, right? I, I have to tell my play. I have to tell my my students this all the time. Like, hey, when we compare and contrast something, don't put, you know, the the most obvious thing. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get in teaching stuff, but <laughs> I feel like I have to caveat. Don't just Look, say they got to win games, score more points than the opponent. Look, Jacob, you were talking. Shay's going to be really good. Like, all very AP valid. class students here and justin and i yeah we understand the assignment and we overachieve yourself (laughs) this is like well crap i can't (laughs) use those now (laughs) justin kick us off thing one of five that has to happen for the thunder to make the postseason we need peak lutein clan i think i didn't have that one that's good he's not been playing up to form we know what he can do if you look at the games left on the schedule, Golden State, Phoenix, Phoenix again, Clippers twice, Portland, Detroit, Phoenix again, Golden State again, Memphis. There's a lot of important matchups in that 18 games for Lou Dort to be Lou Dort on the defensive end. They're going to need somebody to lock down some of the best players in the league, some of the best players in the Western Conference specifically in order for the Thunder to to win some of those games. It's going to be necessary that we get locked down Lou. And so he he's going to have to perform and, and be what we we know he can be, what we've seen many times, but we've not been seeing as consistently post-All-Star break. I think that's fair. You think back to the game they won in Denver and his defense on Jamal Murray to end the game. You think of that second Portland game uh, here in Oklahoma yep. City against Dame. You think of that third Portland game Yep. Uh, whenever he came off the bench and ha- was tasked with locking Dame up in that second half. Yep. I even think about Friday night's game and, yes. and Justin's postgame mm-hmm. Friday where he played so well against uh, Laurie. He, he was, was awesome. Yeah. Tonight, yeah. They're so funny to me. They put 6'3 Lou Dort on 7-foot Laurie Markin and it worked. And it worked. You know, it's awesome. <laughs> Granted, yeah. he does struggle with smaller, quicker guards like Deer and Fox. But <laughs> I think that's a, that's a really good one. Well, really thankfully, good one. Really they good, really don't play Deer and Fox for the rest of the season. I think Taylor muted himself. That's okay. <laughs> um, no, Justin, I'm totally with you. Like, if they want to get to where they want to go, Lou is a massive catalyst for that on that end of the court, right? I think Dub has been really good defensively. I think Shea has been really good defensively um, when he's played. But you, your ace in the hole, you got to have that guy. Yep. 
Need you got to have He's him be important. consistent. Yep. I think that's totally fair. Taylor, are you back? <laughs> I'm going to take that I'm as a no. I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> this man is staring into the abyss. All right. Uh, so I'll take thing number two that has to happen for the Thunder to make the postseason. And that would be the bench needs to continue to show out. I feel like, especially when Shea was out those five games, four games, was it four games? Uh, five. It was five. Five. Four yeah. losses and a win. When Shea was out, I thought those bench units had like impeccable ball movement. I thought Dario being out there, Taylor, I think you're back now. <laughs> he still can't hear me. I think Dario has been a really impressive piece off the bench. I think the ball movement with him out there has been uh, awesome. You look tonight, uh, a guy like Aaron Wiggins didn't score much. Joe had six points, but you have Oos with 12, Dario with eight. Um, Especially not having Kenrich Williams, which was the catalyst of your bench unit, the guy that kept everything together. The glue guy, but the glue is on steroids. (laughs) Like You have to have other guys step up on that bench and continue that bench keeps them afloat most games, right? They have to continue to have that in order to have a chance to, to get where they want to go. I think totally agree. I mean, uh, so many different guys can step up on any given night. And I think that's, what's exciting. There's so many prospects up and down this roster that are interesting, uh, that can, that can bring different things to the table and different mass matchups, different scenarios that you kind of need a little bit from all of them, right? It's not, it's not like you're relying on any one bench player to be like the sixth man every night on this team. It's really kind of any given night, any one of those guys can step up and give you the juice you need. So I missed that one uh, because my clumsy elbow uh, pulled this cord out of my <laughs> mic. Uh, however, I can kind of pick up on what you all are discussing. Bench there. unit, the bench unit. <laughs> Sounds about right. And like you all said, just about anybody could step up. I think, I think that's a good one. I have okay, one here. So, so... We've got the return of Lutang clan. Yep. The bench has to continue to excel. Thing number three, the Thunder need to do in order to make a postseason run. Taylor, what do you got? Again, I sound like a broken record because I've talked a lot about this over the past two seasons, but I actually kind of pride myself on it because this is the sort of team that Presti is building and something that Daylon talks, talks about so much, that this team is at their best when they're playing transition basketball not when they're playing half-court basketball. Granted, Shea's been really good, and that gives me hope for, like, in the playoffs when the game slows down and you need an ISO bucket, a one-on-one, uh, two-on-two kind of basketball game. However, just for context, in the last two wins, Thunder have generated 21 steals, 41 turnovers, and have 60 points off those turnovers. Again, the same team. I understand extremely small sample size, but I think that kind of epitomizes that this team is at their best when they're creating creating uh, turnovers they're getting steals and deflections um and they're scoring off of those turnovers and, and creating a transition so they have to remain engaged defensively and push the pace on offense uh, also i found this really interesting kind of to that point again this is off nba stats and i kind of had to double check it currently second in points per game for nba for nba stats which i find interesting i think a lot of that is because of how fast they play and that pace they the play with pace a lot, lot of opportunities so yeah, no, I think that's good. They 
they excel in transition. They have guys that can really run the floor. They got guys that can turn guys over at the point of attack. Um, those are the types of things that, uh, Justin, I think you were the one that mentioned earlier, having Dario Saric able to like just grab a rebound off the rim and push it. Hey, like, that was me. Thank oh, you. Taylor. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I'll take credit. <laughs> those types of things I think, uh, are what allow the Thunder's offense to be so potent. So yeah, definitely. Can't let teams grind you down into a half court setting right now. Okay. So we've got three of the five, Justin, number four. The next thing the Thunder need to do if they hope to make it to the postseason. Well, obviously, it's uh, getting Chet healthy and letting him play the rest of the season, right, guys? No? Uh, no? Can't um, say I had that one either, but. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's less like technical and schematic focused, but just more looking at the schedule. I think the Thunder might literally have to win all their home games. The schedule is there's a lot of tough teams left this season and a lot of challenging road games. And I think the Thunder this season, their their record currently 19 and 15 at home, 11 and 19 on the road. I think they're going to need a lot of home victories down the stretch in order to be to to realistically be in the play. And they're going to have to capitalize on being better at home. And that's tough. The games they have at home the rest of the year, Golden State, who's been tough for them this year, Brooklyn, maybe not as tough as they used to be, Phoenix, Charlotte, and Detroit. Hopefully those are both wins. And then you close with Phoenix again and Memphis. Uh, I know we've talked about a lot, but like three games against Phoenix down the stretch, mm-hmm. two of those at home. you got to use that to your advantage. I'm not saying that they can win both of those against Phoenix, but that's your best shot at at realistically getting into the play and is capitalizing on playing well at home, which we know young teams typically play a lot better at home than they do on the road. Because on the road, there's some nasty, nasty matchups. Like the back-to-back against the Clippers is going to be tough. Um, heading up or out to Phoenix, like I mentioned before, they've got to play at New Orleans, who's eaten their lunch all season long. They have to play at the Lakers, who are actually competent now. Uh, they have to play at Indiana, at Golden State, and at Utah. Um, not that hopefully by That's that point stretch. the season Utah is not challenging, but it's it's not an easy schedule. So they're going to have to make the most of the opportunities they have when they're playing in OKC. I think that's a great point. I When I look at the schedule, Justin, there is a stretch coming up in two weeks. The 21st at the Clippers, yep. 23rd at the Clippers, 24th at the Lakers, 26th at the Blazers. Rough. That is That's a four-game road stretch and against you, four teams. You left off at home against Phoenix right before that road stretch. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. But even if we don't include Phoenix, those four games, Clippers, Clippers, Lakers, Portland, those are four road games against three teams who are now right in that same area the Thunder are. Yep. Right, because the Clippers are free-falling. Like absolutely free falling. Uh, Shout out Russell Westbrook, giving the Thunder (laughs) one last parting gift. Um, You know, the Lakers are where they're at. Portland is where they're at. That stretch, that late in the season, after that four-game stretch, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left. That four-game stretch feels like it is going to be pivotal. 
Mm-hmm. Like if you can go 500 in those four road games, like you're giving you yourself, yourself a legit alive. shot. Yep. Um, nothing would make me more happy than for them to beat the Clippers two times in LA. Amazing. Uh, to to bump the Clippers below them in the standings. That would. And then take their pick. few things in life would make me more happy than that. <laughs> but I think you're onto something there. The the road home split, uh, and some of the ones that they have to steal. Taylor, you have any thoughts on the schedule thing? Just again, I agree. It's a really, really good one. And I, I think just as a whole, I, I, I don't have this pulled up. Uh, not worth the time at this point to go ahead and do so. But the Thunder have played better this season when they're playing at home. Players have even mentioned it. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point. I have to capitalize on those home stands. Yeah. And the road has been a challenge. But I think back to that, what was it, Miami, Philly, Chicago, Brooklyn stretch where they lost to Miami and then rattled off three straight. Mark talked about the other day, how back at the end of December, early January, they were on a little losing streak and they, they won a game real big. And that was a catalyst for them to go on a run in January. And he mentioned it after the five game losing streak and then beating the jazz. Hopefully they're finding something here Yep, and they can continue to let the, let the stuff roll. Uh, Sidebar. Looking at at win or uh, home and away records in the West right now, do you know who has, not counting Spurs and Rockets because all their records are terrible home and away, who has the worst away record in the West? Golden State Warriors. Golden State, like They've been awful. I knew it was bad, but it's so much worse than I thought. They're seven and twenty four on bad. the road. Yeah, That's and they come to awful. they lost today on the road. Yeah. And yeah, they come to Oklahoma City on Tuesday. And they come to, yeah, that's right. It's going to be a big one. Um, number five, I can't break my own rule and say like injuries and, and health, <laughs> right? That's like <laughs> cheating. So I will go with the fifth thing that the Thunder need if they want to make a run is for J Dub to keep running through that wall. The, the rookie, rookie wall. wall was put in front of him. And that man went Hulk smash. Kool-Aid and man. Went, oh, yeah. <laughs> Kicked right through it. I mean, he's the catalyst, dude. Like, Shea is incredible, right? Shea is like 1A above everything else. Giddy has been really good. But I think the thing that's pushing this team over the top is J-Dub. And his right? development. I agree. If, if you remove him from the equation, this team struggles. He has been so, so, so good. If he can continue, I'm not saying continue going 32, five and five, <laughs> but if he can continue to score in that, like, you know, 16 point range yep. and then contribute all the other stuff he's been contributing at some point, some point in the second quarter tonight, they flashed his stats and he was like eight points, three rebounds, two assists, a steal and a block. And like halfway through the second quarter, I was just like, this is absurd, dude. Like he, and the stats Especially don't do it justice. Rookie. The stats don't even come close to that's, doing it justice. That's what gets me is like, he's stuffing the stat sheet, but when you watch it, it feels even more impactful. I think, I think I said that on Friday a little bit as well as like just watching him play. Like he is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's and awesome. so like you said, you, you don't need him to do, you know, what he's done the past couple games. But just like slightly above his season average, which is more than where he's been, you know, in, in the past couple of weeks, like that's very attainable uh, with how he's been playing lately. 
but I, man, he's really kind of cemented himself as, as a very crucial part of this team's success. You kind of hint at there, Justin, but one thing that's very unique about J-Dub that you don't often see with young players is not when we talk about a player, young players, rookies, getting confidence, often we're talking about the offensive side of the ball. He's doing so on the defensive side of the ball as well. And that two-way impact, just like Jacob was alluding to, the the, the stat stuffing, stat lines. I mean, it's, it is really, really impressive. And that was actually on my list as well. I, I think I worded it differently and that you have to have the, the ball in J-Dub's hands because good things always seem to happen. I didn't have time to pull up the actual on-off stats, but good things always tend to happen when J-Dub has the ball in his hands. And what I love tonight, not just the the big, quote-unquote, big three, Dub, Giddy, uh, Shea, all playing really well off each other, all contributing at a high level, but even with Shea back in the fold, we still saw lineups where Dub was a primary ball handler. And I think that's really important moving forward. I want to continue to see not necessarily more of that when you have both Dub, or sorry, both Giddy and Shea available, but still seeing Dub the get have the opportunity to have the ball in his hands and be the primary creator. I love it. So our five things. Number one was Justin's, which was <clears throat> what was it, Justin? Um, what was it? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Should we work in reverse? I don't remember what I said. Let's I'm work in reverse. We'll get there. Oh, uh, the the Dort. The Dort. Uh, yes. Okay. Thank Lutang you. Lutang Clan makes his return. There we go. That's the one. Goodness. Yikes. Um. Did I have number two? I did have number yeah. two, which was the bench. Yes. Taylor had number three, which was transition basketball. Transition basketball. Justin with number four. Went at home. Got a that, that road home split. Got to take care of the easy ones. And then number five, J-Dub goes Kool-Aid man and keeps busting (laughs) through that wall. Well, speaking of the road home split, Justin, let's make some predictions for this next week. In two days, the Thunder play the Golden State Warriors at home. Uh, Steph Curry will be playing. Justin just mentioned how bad the Warriors are on the road. Thunder 0-2 against the Warriors this season, including an absolute throttling up in Oakland. What happens Tuesday night, Justin? I think it's a loss, man. I think the Warriors just have the Thunder's number, and I don't think that changes, even though it's in OKC. Taylor, what do you got? Surprisingly, I'm going the other way. I think we're going to extend this win streak, get the W against the W's uh, at home. Very good. Um, (laughs) The W's? I just really want to say they're going to get a win. They've seen this team twice. They know what to expect now. Um, I just hope to God they don't play drop coverage on Draymond's Draymond green ball screens <laughs> kills me. So many open clay threes, uh, a back-to-back Wednesday night. The thunder go out to Phoenix to play the suns. It was a close game in Phoenix last time without Shea Gilgis Alexander. Big piece back for Phoenix though. And Kevin Durant, their games have been important. pretty close with KD yeah. playing, uh, squeaked by the Dallas Mavericks today. Taylor, what happens out in Phoenix? Yeah, I think this one is the L. <laughs> Again, uh, with KD back, why, I did not get to watch a lot of non-Thunder basketball this weekend, even this past week, but I did get to watch a little bit of that game today. And they're just playing. I mean, that's a, a it's reminiscent of the Warriors when, when you have, or when you had uh, KD healthy. So I'm going to know. 
Justin? Agreed. I, I, I yeah. I, KD's back, and he, what does he have, 35 35. While Booker, Booker had another, like, 37. I, that's what's something. tough, like, looking at the Thunder. They, their defense can be really good. I don't know how it matches up against the Suns. Uh, it's just, that's a tough ask for anybody. I agree. Is J-Dub going to get the KD assignment? That's what I wonder. Like, who's, how do you match up that team? Booker. It's, pro- it's probably Dort on Book. Booker. Shea Shea on on CP. Yep. And I think it's J-Dub on KD. Yikes. (laughs) Welcome to the league, Rook. Yeah. I mean. I love it. I do too. I I absolutely love it. Saturday, the Thunder go to New Orleans. The Pelicans are one and four out of the break. They've been bad. Uh, They do lead the season series against the Thunder uh, 3-0, I believe. Two losses in Oklahoma City, one down in New Orleans. What happens Saturday night down in NOLA, down in the Big Easy, Justin? I think OKC finally beats the Pelicans. I like it. I so like Justin it. and I are going completely opposite this week. What? Uh, I've got two away games like that. Just watching the way this Thunder team has played. I don't know. We could see some weird stuff with like Shea sitting. I, I really don't know. I, I don't feel good about it. I'm going an L against the Pelicans. Although if our guy Jacob is there, as he may be, we'll see. We'll see potentially. Um, I'm going to have to change that to a W. But until then, I'm going L against the Suns, L against the Pelicans. I will go with a win against Pelicans. I'm on Team Justin here. Uh, I don't think the Pelicans are beating them four times in a row. They better not. (laughs) I I think the Thunder had a lot of trouble with the Pelicans' length. Uh, I think you see guys Which is kind of ironic. Like you know? like Shea and Dub have really big nights. Um, it was the bench unit that really mm-hmm. sunk the Thunder the last time against the Pelicans, and they still came back from twenty down and almost won it. I think they're locked in. They get it this time. And then the last game Sunday night, another back to back right before we go live on here. The Thunder visit is that right? Are they on the road yeah, at the San Antonio Spurs? Spurs, Spurs just recently uh, broke their 12-plus game losing streak. Mm-hmm. They are just god-awful. Um, I think they lost to the Rockets tonight. Last time I checked, they were getting smoked by like 25. Yep. So I would assume Rock, they lost. The Rockets broke a losing streak. Oh, my <laughs> hey, god! Good for them. So what happens Sunday night down on the Riverwalk in San Antonio, Taylor? I mean, obviously, it's pretty easy, but even then, I just think after uh, the Thunder aren't going to lose more than two straight games. So I'm going with the W against the Spurs, even though it's against the Spurs, kind of like tonight's game against a, a not full strength Jazz. I think kind of gets us back on track. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go with the W here. That so has Taylor's got him two, two and two this week. I, just, I think it's a, a W as well. Uh, there's there's no way. The, the Spurs are wimbying so hard. And they're doing a great and job. That at is it. the team I want to see him on. If it's not the Thunder, obviously. <laughs> so Justin also has two and two. Correct. Just a different two and two. Very good. I'm going three and one, gentlemen. Spicy. Oh, that's I know a it's a little spicy. spicy. It's a little spicy. I think Shea being back, seeing what he did tonight. I'm ready. Give me, give like me three it. and one. Awesome. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back for some around the association, and then get you guys out of here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Welcome back, gentlemen. We didn't do it last week, but it is time to go around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. Maybe the best sounder on the show. Incredible. Incredible. All right, gentlemen, for Around the Association... I wanted to focus a little more on the postseason. So first question, which teams have the most to prove this postseason? Meaning like things could change pretty drastically for them this summer if they do not perform well. Anybody jump off the page at you? And there's a lot of good ones to choose from. Honestly. I've got two that I think are low hanging fruit that I can get us kicked off with. If you guys would like. let's do it uh, from the East. It is the Philadelphia 76ers. Yep. That Great was one. where I was going to go yep. first. All if, that buzz about Harden and Houston. And if Harden leaves, they don't have cap space to get anybody else. Nope. Does the Embiid request come shortly after? Mm-hmm. Does that make you sad as a Thunder fan? Like, like seeing the process go down in flames with nothing to show for it. Make me sad as a Thunder fan? No, because they didn't let the process play its way out. Touche. Yep. Good point. Yep. Also, like, again, rabbit holes and broken (laughs) records, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, is this really the process? Because it's been three years. Like, you know, and it's already looking way better. Again. Very true. Still. My West team is definitely the Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when you play with fire, you tend to get burned. And Kyrie Irving is like the center of Mount Doom that <laughs> melted the one ring. Um, Agree. And obviously, I mean, he... shit, even if you win, he might just walk this summer. Exactly. And then you've traded assets, and now you have nothing to show for it. It's just all gone. Um, and then how much longer does Lucas stay around if you yeah. can't build anything around him? Yep. Um, I feel like there's a lot riding on the Dallas run. Yep. I think that's a good one. And obviously, like you said, Jacob Kyrie could go Phoenix. He could go 
uh, and go play with with uh, KD and be the CP3 replacement that we've talked a little bit about, or go and play with LeBron in LA. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good one. Any other ones? Speaking of the Lakers, I think you do have to talk about them here because what if they do? It, it this obviously AT had a great game tonight, but or, or earlier today, what if he can't stay healthy? Mm-hmm. or just doesn't play well and the team as a whole doesn't play well and lebron's injury continues to nag him and he isn't able to come back and they miss the play in and their lottery pick goes to the pelicans in that situation that feels like a big one to me as well yep again kind of long low-hanging fruit yep. but still no it's a good one i i would i would also add in the clippers another how, great one how disappointing Birdman rubs hands dot gif. How disappointing for that for that pairing. Like quite literally nothing to show for it. I man, I think this is a big a big off season for them. And like you said earlier, Jacob, they they're not doing hot. They've lost five in a row. They yep. just traded for or not traded for, but they just picked Russ up. Like that's another gamble that uh, that feels that feels like a lot of um a lot of balls in the air for the Clippers. Agree. They are I've, currently up six on the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, who have their own problems. Agreed. So, I don't think Memphis fits on this list. No, um, agreed. Unless Jaw decides to bring a gun to a playoff game. <laughs> so you never know. Shoot or shoot. You never know. Shoot your shot. Hope um, there's no 17 year olds in attendance. Yikes. That's right. Um, I have a, a Western Conference sleeper. If you guys are interested okay. in it, yeah. Look, this team. It again, it's a sleeper because it's not as critical as the teams we already have mentioned, due to their plethora of assets. However, this current iteration, I think, uh, iteration of the team is out of thread. Uh, if they don't make it, make the playoffs or and, and or play in or even flame out in the first round, I'm talking about the New Orleans Pelicans. I thought you were going there. Speaking of the Pelicans, because obviously, like there is a real world. Zion doesn't come back this season again. That's not like source, that's not been reported. Maybe he does come back, but like, well, he I can't mean, stay healthy. all we have to go off of is uh evidence, right? And the evidence says this dude's gonna play 30 games a season, exactly. Yep. People want to push back against that. Around. New Orleans fans want to push back against that. Cool, that's fine. I like to write fanfic as well, but until <laughs> I see it, I don't yeah. believe it uh-huh. exactly. And then you obviously, you know, uh, Ingram's on the team. He's great when he plays. He's been banged up as well this season. Uh, but he's even a little more reliable. And then, like, and CJ McCollum's still playing, hasn't quite looked the same as he did when they traded for him last season. CJ's only getting older. And he's yep. getting older and older. Yep. So, like, again, they're in a much better position than the other teams we mentioned because they have the plethora of assets. They can pivot. Like, how drastic do you have to pivot if the season doesn't work out? Do you hold on a little too long because just simply because you have Zion on, on your team? Or are you more opportunistic if you're David Griffin this offseason and try and do something a little more dramatic uh, instead of just holding on to hope for Zion's health? I think that's fair. Two in the East before we move out of here. I'm just going to throw the names out. If you guys want to talk about them, we can. The Atlanta Hawks. And the Ooh, Toronto Raptors. Yes, I think that's a really good Oh, Both are good ones. Toronto maybe more so on the Pelican side, just because yeah. even though they don't have the plethora of picks, they still have the young assets. But, man, the Hawks. Al- Atlanta is... spent all the assets. Exactly. They got what they got. Yes, they did. And I I don't know. The I, Hawks I've never are been the cautionary tale, man. 
like mm-hmm. for a rebuilding team. And I thought I was going to eat crow because they had a really fun playoff run, but that was singular. They had a fun playoff run. And I think that is a great reminder that one fun playoff run is not worth pushing your chips in too early. Does getting a new coach so late in the season, um, push back the, if they totally. do bad yeah. this off season, then the summer could be massive change. Yep. I think, I think so. so. I think Buy so. Some time. I think so. I don't, I don't Especially think, Tra- I don't think Trey moves this summer. No, but if they start off bad next season, I think the alarm bells start going off. I I'm curious about the Trey young Quinn Snyder fit. It'll be interesting from a personality standpoint. Agreed. Totally agreed. Um, second question for around the association, which five to 10 seed in each conference has the best chance to make a conference finals push for the record. Right now in the East, five to ten. So we're basically looking at teams that don't have home court. Knicks, Nets, Heat, Hawks, Raptors, Wizards. There's a chance that the Pacers or the Bulls could sneak in to that 10th spot. For the West, we're talking Dubs, Timberwolves, Mavericks, Clippers, Pelicans, Jazz. You could maybe throw Lakers, Thunder, Blazers into that mix as well. I'll I'll start with the East. I think it's for me, it's always Miami. Like the run they made in the bubble. They just there's always a chance. Jimmy's got that dog in him. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, they can be up and down all throughout the season, but I think that's not a team you want to face in a playoff series. I think that's the only one that jumps out in the East to me. This one's kind of cheating because they are the, technically the five seed, but the Knicks are playing really, really good basketball. Yep. Yeah, they are nine and one in the last ten. Brunson didn't even play today. And they still but man, if great. they made a run to the conference finals, <laughs> that means that they are. I mean, maybe like maybe one of maybe one of Bucks, Celtics, Sixers exactly. losing the first round. But if they go seven with one of those teams and win, like yeah. it's legit. That's I, I just I have a hard time seeing that happen. The West feels like it's too easy. It's the dubs and it's the Clippers, <laughs> right? Yep. yep. Clippers yeah. is the only other one. Maybe the Mavs. Uh, I, have, I have zero. Zero. Like hey, it, Timberwolves, it, <laughs> 34 and 32 right now. If you like made me bet, I would bet on the Mavs. Like if it was, did the Mavs lose in the first round or did they make the conference finals? I'm putting all my money on the first round. <laughs> like, Luka's incredible. Yeah. They play no defense. They no. have nothing outside of those two. Like, I have no faith in that team at all. But we've seen it before. It's like, true. they had no business making it last year. And Kyrie was hurt. To, or sorry, not Kari. Uh, Luca banged up a little bit today, and they still went toe to toe with the Suns. Yeah, I'll I entertain just, it, Justin. I'll entertain it. Thank you. I don't believe in it, but I'll entertain it. It's like a very, <laughs> very big wild card. I mean, I get it. You guys put any stock in the Lakers at all? Yeah, honestly, yes. They've they've been playing much better post trade deadline. Yeah. Do I helps an AD is healthy and engaged? Indeed, indeed it does. I don't trust that health for a finals run, or sorry, conference finals run. That's a big ask, but I think they can, I, uh, winning a series is totally plausible. 
Fair. Anything else, guys? Oklahoma City Thunder, obviously. Hey. Sneak in that 10 seed. Conference finals run. Beat Denver. to the finals. You beat Denver. You beat Phoenix. And then get to the finals against, uh, I don't know, who's the, the Kings. <laughs> Dude, if the sign Kings me make a conference up. finals run, sign me up right now. Dude, if the Light Kings the make a conference finals run, Sacramento might burn. <laughs> Print the beam team shirts. Yes. I mean, people go blind from the beam. <laughs> I don't think you can say that. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Live stream. Oh, we were supposed to go through comments on the live stream. <laughs> hey, the the closing music will play for four minutes, Justin. Just oh, pick some of your okay. favorites. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Um, before the stream even got started, we had some people uh, plotting out some acronyms for some Thunder players. We had A-Man-A with SGA stands for someone getting all NBA. I love it. We had our guy Meek League, J-Dub, just doing unbelievable basketball. Love it. And Gable Giddy, great, interesting decisions, defense, eh, yay. It's <laughs> my which, favorite. Which might be my favorite one. Print the um, shirts. I was trying while I was sitting in the stream by myself, waiting for you two yahoos to join. I was trying to um, come up with an acronym for Taylor that included like really late, but I was struggling. <laughs> and so I gave up. There's something there. That can There's be. something there. There's something there. Uh, Meek Leak in the chat, a really good comment. Isn't it crazy how fast things change? At the start of the season, JRE and Man were considered key players amazing what we can talk ourselves into in the in the off season indeed indeed <laughs> no Speaking some of these of, guys are going to rise some of them are going to float uh sink you know and that's the roster churn will inevitably happen yep speaking of convincing ourselves of things andrew j-dub is sophomore harden 2.0 i think it's more like Jalen brown but you know mm. harden's fine yeah kidding fine. I, I like it Kind of kidding. Harden used to play really good defense. Remember that? Yeah. Remember him like locking up Kobe? Pre strip clubs. He, uh, yeah, he locked me on D. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Jalen Williams, presumably not the basketball player in the chat. Would you rather have J Dub or J Green? I like to think this is J Dub (laughs) talking to us saying, Would you rather have J Dub or Jalen Green? I choose to believe that. And why Dub? I'm. Uh, I'm biased. Yeah. I, One of them plays like defense. Mm-hmm. One of them is physically more imposing. The other one's more athletic. The other one's also trained man with a green light. So Deb also like he impacts the game in so many different ways mm-hmm. than just the scoring. It'll be interesting to see how those two careers play out. Jalen Green's younger. Yep. Yep. Very interesting. Very, very, um, very hard not to compare prospects among these mm-hmm. two franchises i like our jalen better another question from jalen williams if you can trade for amen you do it you guys agree dude can't shoot a lot of people think he'll never shoot that scares me yeah oh i do it i, I, I was gonna have, say that I, was I, really I, just setting up taylor <laughs> I, I, i've been thinking about this but i'll save it for another podcast mm-hmm. okay we got we got Taylor on the Amen trade. I'm all in. I like it. I like it. 
Let's see what else. Um, okay. We got a hot take from Andrew. J-Dub will eventually be better than Shay. Yeah, put this one in Mount Doom as well. <laughs> hey, if that happens, we're hell yeah, pretty, brother. Right? Exactly. We're in great shape. Great shape. Um, Kamel in the chat, what's Russ' future look like after this season? Is he still in the league? Dude. But is he? Bet online tweeted out like odds and uh, the the Shanghai Sharks were were the leading whatever. I mean, it's, it's I think it's a lobster Dwight. Yeah. I don't know. I think I mean there's gonna be a team that'll want him on a vet minimum if he's willing to accept it. Be interesting. Makes me sad, man. And last oh, but not OKC least. OKC Blue head coach. Dude. <laughs> Last but not least, we have a man coming in clutch, giving us a Taylor acronym there and yet late every recorded parentheses pod. Hey, Taylor's last name is Peterson. So the P works. Ah, Boom. Could be another (laughs) sounder. The P works. The P works. (laughs) That's what she said. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. So many people in the chat. It's incredible. I love it. Absolutely love it. Shout out to all the degenerates who are still on with us at 10.30 p.m. on a Sunday and not watching The Last of Us. Shout out to you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. We will be back with you again on Tuesday as the Thunder take on Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Our very own J.D. Silva will be with you guys after that game. Thursday. No, it's Wednesday. I'm sorry. We have the Suns. Our guy, Taylor Peterson, will be on that one. And then Saturday, New Orleans Pelicans. No clue who's going to be on that one yet. We'll figure that out and get back to you. You guys have a great beginning of your week. Please make sure to sub to wherever you download your pod. Sub to the YouTube channel. Follow us on all social media. We'll chat soon. Until then, and as always, thunder up.